The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 27th College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, the Guadalupe's Mexican Grill kickoff with your host, Phil Houck. Notre Dame and Pittsburgh have been playing regularly since 1909. Notre Dame leads the overall series 50-21 with one tie, and those games have been marked by great players, great finishes, and some great individual performances. Because for every Johnny Lujak, Paul Horning, Joe Montana, Tim Brown, Manti Teo, and Brady Quinn that ND has put on the field, Pittsburgh players the likes of Mike Ditka, Hugh Green, Dan Marino, Tony Dorsett, Larry Fitzgerald, and Aaron Donald have also come to play. And fans of a certain age well remember how Pitt and Tony Dorsett tortured the Irish in the mid-70s. In 1975, Dorsett ran for 303 yards in a 34-20 victory, still the most yards ever by an ND opponent. Then, for an encore in 1976, Dorsett notched another 181 yards as the Panthers knocked off the Irish en route to an undefeated season and the national championship. In 2003, ND's Julius Jones returned Dorsett's favor with a school-record 262-yard rushing performance as the Irish upset the Panthers 20-14. In 2008, the teams matched up in the longest game in Notre Dame history, and the Panthers drove a nail into the Charlie Weiss era with an exhausting four-overtime victory. In 2012, the Irish were headed to an undefeated regular season, but on the way, they found themselves trailing by 14 points in the fourth quarter to a 4-4 pit team. Everett Golson that day engineered a two-touchdown rally in regulation, and the Irish escaped with a three-point win in three overtimes. In 2018, Pittsburgh entered the game at 3-4, and four, but again came close to ending Indy's role to another undefeated season. When they led after the first scoring early on until less than six minutes remained when Ian Book found Miles Boykin from 35 yards out, the Irish escaped that day 19-14. to 14. Pittsburgh 2023 enters this week's game as big underdogs and with a 2-5 record. But they do own something that Notre Dame wishes they had, and that is a win over Louisville. Considering that fact, and what the colorful history of the 114-year-old series has shown, a favored Notre Dame team this week is advised to glance at a little history and be prepared for a battle. Guadalupe's Mexican Grill now with locations on Illinois, Leo, and DuPont Roads and in Georgetown Square. Guadalupe's food made fresh. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of IrishIllustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Flight by Yingling. 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. It's the next generation of light beer. This is Fighting Irish Preview. 
The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values, which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning, the full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! Flight by Yingling is the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling. Available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Houck. Well, Tim Priester, the Pitt Panthers. Andy started playing them in 1909. They are the fifth most played Notre Dame opponent in history. I didn't realize that until I, until I read it last week. What memories from Pitt games uh, of the our past pop into your mind? And you and I have seen a lot of matchups against Pitt. Oh, boy, we sure have. Uh, yeah, you're right. They've played 72 times with Notre Dame winning 50, 50 of those. I, I, the most memorable games are the, the, the ones that Notre Dame has won and the close ones. I mean, I can remember, my, I think my first real road trip covering Notre Dame was 1982 when Ellen Pinkett, a freshman, had a 76-yard run and they upset number one. Uh, Pittsburgh with Dan Marino at quarterback. I remember 1988 when it looked like it was it was a real difficult game for Notre Dame to win. They ended up winning 30 to 20 in uh, route to the the national championship. One of the losses, Phil, that the 2008 when it went four overtimes and Notre Dame lost 30 36 to 33. You know there was the triple overtime when Notre Dame won 29 to to 26 in 2012. And again, Notre Dame went on um, to uh, to pursue the national championship. The most recent game with Pittsburgh was 19 to 14 in 2018. And I think that one's the most applicable to the game this Saturday. Uh, the matchup is similar to that game. You're absolutely right. And boy, you, you hit some good ones. Uh, the, that Allen Pinkett game, I'd almost forgot. How can I forget about that? You know, the guy's Dan Marino played in that game, 1982. That was a great game. When I think of Pitt Panthers, I always have this flashback, and it's really not necessarily a pleasant one. And it goes back to actually two seasons, 75 and 76. Tony Dorsett just absolutely killed Notre Dame. 303 yards. That still is the top rushing total ever by a back against Notre Dame in a game most rushing yardage by one player. 1975. Of course, Pitt won. And in 76, he went for 181. You know, they they held him down that year. He only went for 181. <laughs> Dorsett, though, or that, that Pitt team went undefeated and won the national title in 76. So, yeah, some really great memories from the, the Pitt Panther. It's a great series. Two schools that really have outstanding, long traditions, and they're not located not so far apart. And so they're going to renew right. that series this week. 
Pittsburgh has struggled a lot through the years, but you look at the great players that come out of Pittsburgh, Larry Fitzgerald, Mark May, Bill Fralick, Mike Ditka, Dan Marino, Hugh Green. You mentioned Tony Dorsett, Aaron Donald, Curtis Martin, the running back, Chris Dolman, the defensive lineman, uh, LaShawn McCoy, Russ Grimm, Daryl Rivas, Jimbo Covert. It's an, it's I, with the, the number of great players that they've had come out of Pittsburgh, I'm surprised they haven't had more success overall. Yeah, uh, some really great names there. And you came up with some that, that I hadn't heard or hadn't thought about for a long time. Uh, Bill Fralick, boy, that was a guy who just killed Notre Dame, it seems like. Well, let's move on a little bit. And we got to talk about the the Fighting Irish. Uh, and let's let's go to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and by weeks, Tim, time for players to heal up a little bit. And hopefully Notre Dame's receiving core has done so. There's just been an outbreak there of hamstring injuries and other things. You know, this group of wide receivers, not exclusively, expected to be a strength of the team, and they haven't been, but they were better in the first four games. Uh, but due to those injuries we talked about, I think, and, and better defenses they've faced, they have not been very productive the last four games. Let's talk about those guys. First, Matt Salerno and Deion Colsey, both out with injuries. Salerno probably out for the whole season. He had, a, I believe, a broken leg, something along those lines. And Deion Colsey, some knee surgery. It was reported this week that he's uh, behind schedule and coming back from that. Let's talk about the other guys, though, and we'll take them one at a time, quick hit style. And just, just give me a comment on each. Tell me uh, what Notre Dame maybe needs out of them the rest of the season. Jaden Thomas, number one. I think he pretty much needs to be Notre Dame's lead receiver. That's what he was going into the season, and he hasn't been able uh, to do anything really of note, as you mentioned, the last four games due to a hamstring injury. Okay, let's go to freshman Jaden Greathouse. Well, I think the two Jadens are the real key for Notre Dame, Greathouse and Thomas. Notre Dame needs those two back at 100%. They're arguably two of the top three receivers on the team. And, I, you know, I think both of them can finish strong, but they need to get them back on the field. Yeah, they do. And he was just becoming a critical factor when injury hit. So maybe Jaden Greathouse gets back in that trend that he was on earlier. And another freshman, Rico Flores. I think a really high ceiling, Phil, a guy that we loved as soon as we saw him in in, uh, in the spring, July and August as well. Uh, just a kid that Gives 110% effort every snap, and I think is going to be a ultimately is going to be a hunter catch guy for Notre Dame over the course of his career. Over the course of his career, I was going to say that that's a lot of catches, but I think he can do it too because he's had an impact as a freshman. Now let's go on to Chris Tyree. A, a great surprise. I didn't expect him to be as adept as he is as a wide receiver. He's come up with at least one big play every game. Right now, Chris Tyree has has developed into Nording's best and most consistent receiver. He he really has. He sometimes shows that he lacks uh, the high end skills, but man, he's an athlete and he has obviously worked really hard. And like you said, it seems like you can count on him for one and in a couple games, two really good plays per game. All right, next up, Tobias Merriweather. Well, he just hasn't found his stride yet. He didn't as a freshman last year. Suffered a concussion. Uh, after having the 41-yard touchdown against Stanford, has not really progressed this year, dealt with a hamstring issue of his own, but long way to go. Not exactly sure where that career is going to end up. Uh, you know, a tremendous physical specimen and all the potential in the world. You just keep waiting for him to break out. He had three catches for 91 yards against Central Michigan. 
uh, and two catches in four games since then. Jordan Faison, our last one, he's a freshman and he's a lacrosse player. He is, and he's a legitimate football player as well. One of the fastest guys on the team, the huge play against Louisville early on. Uh, you know, I think regardless who's healthy, who's coming in, I think Jordan Faison is a guy that's going to help Notre Dame the rest of this year, but also throughout his career at Notre Dame. Yeah, I just sense that he is going to be a really good player and that speed is everything. And he seems to run really good routes and he doesn't, you know, he's a freshman. He's hardly even played yet. I think we've just scratched the surface with him. Okay, moving on, Tim. We always talk about a key player for each game and we do that in the second segment. But now moving into this last four games of the season, I'd like to hear you name a couple of key players for the Irish you think that might come up big for the last four games or who needs to come up big? You know, I think they need to continue to get uh, production from their defensive line and uh, Bubakar Traore is, is a guy that stepped up in the USC game. He's played three games. I would imagine they'd like to preserve a year of eligibility if they can, but he's just a pure pass rusher. And I think if it comes down to, you know, playing him uh, in order to beat Clemson, which is the biggest game, you know, on the regular season schedule remaining, uh, he's the guy that can help him. But any of the pass rushers, Javante Jean-Baptiste, um, Josh Burnham, who I think has a bunch of pass rush ability moving forward. And of course, Jordan Botello, who shows flashes all the time. For me, I'm, I'm pointing to the defensive line. If you want to finish the rest of the regular season uh, with victories, I think it starts there. Yeah, I agree. And I would throw, of course, I think you would agree, Riley Mills into that group. He's really come on the last few games and he could have a really big finish for the Irish. Uh, Tim, the more I look at it, the better this defense has looked to me. And that's really a tribute to uh, to Al Golden. Uh, they've held every opponent this season under their scoring average. They're ranked high nationally in practically every defensive category, especially in past defense categories. What areas did they improve on this year that put them into this position of being really outstanding? I mean, it starts with red zone defense. They were last in red zone touchdown percentage, 131st. And, and they've been a top five, top 10 all season. That is huge. Uh, in talking to Al Golden on Tuesday, he gave a lot of that red zone credit to Max Bulla, the uh, the former Michigan State linebacker who played for Pat Narduzzi, by the way, uh, when, when he was at Michigan State, when before Narduzzi became the head coach at Pittsburgh. And so, uh, you know, that's the number one area where they've improved significantly but across the board we wrote about this i think you're referring to a story that i wrote on tuesday phil um across the board there are like seven categories major defensive categories in which nordame is now in the top 15 nationally second time through second year coordinators the the defensive players simply understand what is expected of them in in a defense the second year through? And that change in the uh, the performance in the red zone has just been remarkable. So that said, about second year coordinators, Tim, what are the chances Al Golden returns for a third year? Yeah, you know, that's a good question, Phil. I mean, obviously, he's a keeper for Notre Dame. They would like to keep him in the fold, but if if the defensive performance this year. Uh, it could lead to a head coaching job, preferably for El Golden out east. It could land him a spot back in the NFL, maybe as a coordinator. 
uh, if not a head coach in college. It's tough to say right now, but uh, Notre Dame's going to have to battle probably to keep him in the fold. Well, and let's hope that they do because uh, he has paid great dividends as that defensive coordinator. All right, Tim, let's have a a little question about recruiting. Uh, Having a little time off here in between games gives us the opportunity to do that. Uh, Has Marcus Freeman made good on his promise to always be recruiting? And how has his approach to recruiting been different from Brian Kelly? You know, I think so. I mean, I we, we, we're able to track what he does over the course of an entire calendar year and how much he works at recruiting. And he's, he's always working on recruiting when he's, you know, outside of the football season. So I think from that standpoint, he absolutely has delivered. Now, landing a whole bunch of high four stars and five stars is still very difficult, but at least they're pursuing those five stars. And that's where I would say the biggest difference is, Phil, that at the end of the Brian Kelly era at Notre Dame, he really wasn't pursuing a lot of the five stars because he knew how difficult of a battle it was. Marcus Freeman's philosophy is, you know, if you if you want to be big time, if you want the best players, you have to be all in and recruiting five-star guys. So they've still had trouble getting those those people, but it's still very early in the, the Marcus Freeman era, and I think he will continue to make inroads in his recruiting classes as he, as he moves forward. Yeah, and I think the key word you use there is he has been tireless, and it has just re- been remarkable to watch uh, how much he travels and where he is and where he gets to and how much time he obviously is devoting to recruiting, something that Brian Kelly took more of a CEO approach to uh, you know, he would talk to the kids, but usually it was at the end of the process. But that's not been Marcus Freeman's style. One thing that builds off of recruiting that I also want to go into, I want to talk about quarterbacks and the quarterbacks room here. What do the next couple of years look like for the Irish in the quarterback area? And do they bring in another grad transfer this season? The one thing about the quarterback position all across the country, you know, rosters, quarterback rosters are going to be very fluid. Uh, as it relates to bringing in another transfer quarterback, yes, I, we absolutely expect Notre Dame to do that. One of the names that we floated a year ago, and he's still in college, and he has another year of eligibility, and that's Michael Pratt, the quarterback at Tulane, who's done a, a fantastic job. He, he really dissected USC's defense in a bowl game last year, but that's just one name. There will be other names, but this will be very, very fluid. C.J. Carr will be coming in. Deuce Knight will be coming in the year after that. Kenny Minchie is a true freshman right now. Steve Angeli is a redshirt freshman right now. It's really difficult to say exactly what their quarterback rosters are going to be from year to year. I think there's going to be a lot of changes because quarterbacks are not patient when it comes to getting playing time. That's the game today. There's no doubt about it. And it would seem to make a lot of sense that if you can get Michael Pratt or somebody of that talent level, you bring them in, particularly with the way the quarterback room looks right now. Angeli and Minchie still developing, perhaps C.J. Carr coming in. Maybe after one more year, the Irish would be ready to for one of those guys to take over. So that all sounds good. Tim, one last quick hit. Let's turn to Pitt a little bit. Bit, only two and five, but they beat Louisville a couple of weeks ago, right after Notre Dame lost to Louisville. That was kind of a mirage a little bit. Can you explain a little bit about what happened in that game? You know, it was very similar to Duke and Clemson early in the year when Clemson dominated the stats and won the football game. And it was a similar situation with Louisville a couple of weeks ago. Pittsburgh had 13 first downs to Louisville's 28. 
they outgained them by about 150 yards. But the difference was that Louisville turned the football over. Pittsburgh took advantage of that and won the game by 17. And they're a struggling team. They lost to Wake Forest last week in a game that they should have won. The quarterback play has been really inconsistent. This is a vulnerable team, but one that you have to be careful of because they can play good defense. But against Louisville, they won the turnover battle, and that makes a huge difference, as Irish fans well know. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 390th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. This is Art Salzberg. I don't speak for a lot of companies, but Sharon McCulloch is a firm that provides a great and much-needed service. As Sharon and I get older, we've been thinking of moving, but frankly, the thought is somewhat overwhelming. That's where Sharon McCulloch comes in with a full-service plan that takes the pressure off. Listen to this. Sharon McCulloch will sell your house, auction the items you don't want to take, then pack everything else and move you. In sports terms, that's a blowout win. Sheer McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They'll get top dollar for your special treasures. Sheer McCulloch is highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms, plus their AAA with the Better Business Bureau. Call them at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. They'll make your moving experience easy and profitable. Sheer McCulloch. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. Since 2010, Notre Dame is 15-2 the week after a bye. In Marcus Freeman's only post-bye game last season, the Irish defeated BYU 28-20. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. Flight by Yingling. It's the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass. Raise the bar. Flight by Yingling. Available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated. Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The 14th ranked Irish are at home this week against the Pittsburgh Panthers. TV coverage on NBC starts at 3.30 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero. Brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Mastercraft, Vanderbilt, and Premier Pontoons. New and previously owned, we share your boating passion. This season, we are focusing on the best defensive players of the last 20 years. So far this season, we have talked about Harrison Smith, Manti Teo, Jalen Smith, Drew Tranquil, Aloy Gilman, Tavon Coney, and this week, another great linebacker, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Awusu Koromoa prowled amongst the Notre Dame linebacking corps from 2017 to 2021, and he developed a reputation as a lightning-quick defender 
who didn't just make tackles, he exploded into tackles. He entered Notre Dame as a three-star recruit, and the word was that he was loaded with potential, but had a long way to go in his development, and he did not register a single tackle his first two seasons at Notre Dame, didn't even play in a game his first year, and his second year after two games was hurt and out with injury. But he came up big during the spring of 2019 and was one of the buzzes of the Blue Gold game that year. He started throughout 2019 and rapidly ascended to star status. On the season, he stuffed the stat sheet with 80 tackles, 13.5 tackles for loss, 5.5 stacks and 4 passes broken up, 2 forced fumbles and 2 fumble recoveries. Owusu Koromoa followed up that season with another outstanding campaign in his senior year 2020. He finished second on the team in tackles to Kyle Hamilton, and his reputation went national for his bone-crushing tackling style. After Notre Dame's 47-40 overtime victory over Clemson that year, he was named the National Defensive Player of the Week. On that day, he tallied nine tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss, one forced fumble, and a 23-yard scoop and score in the game's second quarter. After 2020, the honors rolled in. Butkus Award winner, ACC Defensive Player of the Year, and he was a unanimous first-team All-American. Owusu Koromoa was selected in the second round of the 2021 NFL Draft, 52nd overall, by the Cleveland Browns, and is now in his third season as a starter. Tim Owusu Koromoa was buried on the depth chart for a couple of years, but when he emerged in that spring of 2019, he was an impact player, and I do mean impact player. He was my pick to click among three stars in his class coming out of Notre Dame. I never considered him a three-star. I thought he was a four-star prospect when he arrived. But it took a little while, especially when they moved him to Rover, a little bit of a tricky position. He suffered that broken foot. He didn't catch on right away. But, boy, when he he caught on, he was fantastic. And you're right, Phil. I mean, his aggression, uh, his explosiveness, the impact uh, that that he made on the defense, both in terms of – leading it and actually, uh, you know, uh, his physicality in, in, uh, in tackling opponents, he was fantastic. And it's really carried over in the NFL. He's become an outstanding football player. It was so fun to watch him because you never knew what was going to happen. You knew you were going to see some highlights out of him every game. Jeremiah Wusu Koromo was a film major at Notre Dame and is known for his interest in the fine arts. Among his those interests are photography, singing, drawing, ministry, fashion design, and public speaking. Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa, another Marina at Lake Gage all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats, and it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish Victory. Nine and four a year ago, in 2023, Pitt has struggled to two and five. They lost to Wake Forest last week, 21-17, to on a last-second touchdown. Their wins are over Wofford and, interestingly, Louisville. Pitt dealt the Cardinals their one and only defeat two weeks ago, the week after Notre Dame had lost to Louisville. The Panthers have a Notre Dame flavor to their roster with three former players. Linebacker Shane Simon is the team captain. Running back Sebo Flemister is their leading rusher and... Quarterback Phil Jerkovic is on the roster. In fact, in fact, Jerkovic was the starter through the first five games and was ineffective. 
He was replaced the week before the Louisville game by 6'4", 220-pound sophomore Christian Vayer. Vayer has been an upgrade, but is only completing 53% of his passes on 98 attempts for 647 yards and five TDs with two interceptions. Vayer has not been much of a running threat with 26 yards on 17 carries. On the year, Pitt is 113th nationally in total offense. Flemister leads the run game with 282 yards on 68 carries. He's scored two touchdowns. Last week against Wake Forest, Sebo had a nice day. 105 yards on 24 carries, but only managed 27 yards on 12 carries against Louisville. Pittsburgh's passing game boasts two solid wideouts and a productive tight end. Kanata Mumfield has been the possession guy with 30 catches for 347 yards. Bub Means is more of an upfield threat with 326 yards on just 20 catches. Each has scored three touchdowns. 6'5 tight end Gavin Bartholomew has had an impressive 310 yards on 17 catches. Defensively, Pittsburgh has put up solid overall numbers. They are 26th nationally in total defense, allowing just 321.7 yards per game. Veteran corners MJ Devonshire and Marquis Williams are one of the top combinations in the ACC. They have each notched six career interceptions. Another senior corner, A.J. Woods, is also having an excellent year, and he has two sacks this season. Watch for him on corner blitzes. The Pitt defense has an impressive 22 sacks on the season, and Pitt is one of the most penalized teams in the nation. 121st at 71.7 yards per game. Tim, Pat Narduzzi's teams always play a tough brand of football, and I don't expect this season to be any different. Tim Priester, what is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? Well, physicality is the order of the day when you play Pittsburgh. Everybody knows that. You know, I think, Phil, I mean, you went over the offense and defense. They, I mean, obviously, they benched Phil Dracovic. They've gone with Christian Vayer, who I think has given them a spark. He's mobile. Uh, if a guy's open, he'll hit him. Uh, but it's still pretty basic with him. So, you know, I don't expect Pittsburgh to be able to score a whole lot. I think the key to a win, and this is this is pretty basic, but when Pat Narduzzi's teams win the turnover battle, since he's been at Pittsburgh, they're 39-7, and seven, and Notre Dame has to win the turnover battle against them. That's really the only way that I think Notre Dame loses this game if a rash of turnovers ends up tilting things Pittsburgh's way. All right. Uh, It's always a key to most football games, but in this game in particular, and I'm aware of Narduzzi's record when he wins the turnover battle, so the Irish need to protect the football. That is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish? I've got a great matchup in Notre Dame's best interest, and that is defensive end Javante Jean-Baptiste against the right tackle for Pittsburgh, Ryan Bear. He's number 70. He has really struggled this year. Everybody's struggling against Jean-Baptiste. I think that's a matchup that Notre Dame can really exploit Saturday. Javante Jean-Baptiste. 
He's been big this year for the Irish as a one-year transfer, and he's going to have a big game this week. That is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage Key Irish Player for the Week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the Injury Report, brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 22 Indiana locations. Tim, how are the Irish health-wise coming out of the bye week? Well, the bike certainly helped. And Marcus Freeman said earlier in the week that Jaden Thomas and Jane Greathouse would both be ready to go. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're fully healthy, but they should be pretty close. And as we were talking about earlier, their injuries are, are basically at the receiver position. Matt Salerno's out for the year with a broken leg. Deion Colsey had the knee surgery recently. We had a chance to see him on Tuesday. Not good. Doesn't look like he's close. I think there's a good chance that they end up red-shirting him, uh, which will benefit him down the road. But as far as we know, everything's involved with the receiver court. Okay, well, those hamstrings are certainly tricky issues, and it is a little odd that almost all the injuries this year have been in the area where the Irish could least afford it at the receiver position. But sounds like those guys are coming back. Thanks, Tim. And that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world-famous irishillustrated.com prediction brought to you by SES Environmental. Need help navigating environmental risk and with regulatory compliance? You need SES. Look them up at sesadvantage.com. Tim Priester, Vegas says the Irish by 20 and a half, and that number's been growing throughout the week. So what does America's foremost authority say? Phil, I think that number's too large. I mean, if, if Notre Dame's going to win this game, I wouldn't be shocked if Notre Dame won this game by 24, 28 points. Pitt's not a very good football team. They're not that disciplined. They commit a lot of penalties. They're just not a very dis- disciplined uh, football team, except on the defensive side of the ball. But I think that's too much. I see this as a low-scoring game. The over-under is 45 and a half. I think Vayer gives him a little bit of a spark. I like Sebo Flemister. I think he's developed into a pretty good running back. But their offensive line's not very good. Uh, they have a couple of receivers, as you mentioned, that are pretty decent. They don't have the typical defensive end rush ends that allowed them to have 199 sacks in the last four years combined. They have to get most of their pass rush from the second and third levels. I think Notre Dame wins this game. I'm not sure that the bye week, I know they needed a bye, but I'm not sure that they're going to be sharp coming out of the gate. I think Notre Dame wins this game in low scoring fashion. I'm going to go with Notre Dame 27, Pittsburgh 13. Notre Dame 27, Pittsburgh 13. That is Tim Priester's world famous Irish Illustrated prediction. That does sound like a typical Notre Dame Pittsburgh slugfest from days past. Uh, Tim, I think the bye week will be beneficial to the Irish more so than usual. Marcus Freeman has shown the ability to develop really good game plans. I think that'll happen here. The Irish are a better football team than Pitt, particularly on defense. And with those two weeks, it's going to pay some dividends. I'm going to pick Notre Dame 31, Pittsburgh 10. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish. And thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Brett Rump, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. For more Fighting Irish Preview, check out FightingIrishPreview.com and also listen to and subscribe to our podcast, available on all podcast platforms. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. 
podcast by Federated Media.